When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Brett Gallant. This is Jocelyn Peterman. And you're listening to Tobin Tonight. So I I really want to ask you both, because you both started curling at a young age. Brett, you started at four. And Jocelyn, you started at five. What got you into curling? Because I'm here in Newfoundland. I've tried hockey, tried soccer, not for me, but somehow I got into bowling. So I feel like it's equally as cool when you go to school and be like, Hey, I'm a bowler. Oh yeah. I'm a curler. Hockey (laughs) players are like, all right, we know two people we're not inviting to the frat party. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I grew up in Red Deer and my dad was the ice maker at the curling club. So everyone in my family curled and my dad was working um, at the curling club. So we would uh, take the school bus to the curling club after school and hang out there while he was still working. So we were, I was probably on the ice a lot earlier than five, but that's when I could officially join the the junior program. And I think it was a couple years earlier than what was allowed, but I got a special exemption into the program because dad was the boss. Brett, what's your story? Same, similar for me. Both my parents curled pretty competitively, uh, been to the Briar, been to the Scotties actually won a Canadian mixed championship together. So same thing. I was just kind of spent a lot of time at the rink when I was younger. And my grandfather took me to the rink a lot when I was a kid because my parents were still uh, competitively curling themselves. So he was kind of my first coach and kind of made me fall in love with the sport. Stuck with it ever since. So yeah, definitely a family uh, connection for me too. When you start off young, were you both like still kind of interested or were there times where you're like, okay, my God, this sport is not for me. You had a side interest and you're like, maybe, maybe I could go down this road. Like, were you ever having crossroads of like, hey, this sport's really cool too. Cause I know Jocelyn has like, you know, baseball, softball experience there. And I, I, I'm just curious, was there ever a second chance of saying like, uh, no, I'm out of curling. <laughs> not for me. Like I, I, I don't know. I was passionate about curling forever i think my parents tried to put me in skating hockey to just to give me a variety of some choice and i wanted no part of it was dedicated to curling from a pretty young age and i just loved it i'd you know i'd watch it on tv when it was on um I, you know i'd throw curling rocks on the on the floor and things like that at home and i was kind of you know i played some other sports growing up like i played a bit of soccer and golf parents tried to put me in in t-ball and baseball but i like i, I just really a, just a variety <laughs> yeah but i mean i was really only ever passionate about curling so yeah it was kind of a one one-sided mind i guess when it came to that I feel like you go into like a child's room when they're smaller, they have like hockey posters up. You go into your room, it's just to like, ah, who are all these curlers? You're just like, this is my passion, man. This is my passion. Jocelyn, like I know you have prior experience with two silvers in baseball and like the Canada Summer Games. That was interesting to find out. I'm like, so like, can you, can you stop being talented? Can you just stop? <laughs> but like, was that ever something that, kind of crossed your mind at points where you're like, I'm really good at this. And then someone's like, but you're really good at curling. You're like, thank you, but I can do both. 
Yeah, I don't know. I would say I um, wasn't quite as set on curling at a young age as Brett was. I was more playing it because my family was there and I was kind of forced to. But like in middle school and stuff, I played all the school sports and wasn't, I guess, 100% set on curling until probably... 13, 14, but I was still playing um, school sports and then, yeah, softball in the summer. So it was kind of a nice balance because pretty much as soon as curling season would end, we would transition into into softball season and play that pretty much right until curling season would start again. So yeah, it was kind of, those were my two main ones that, that kept me busy and, and active in sports kind of year round. Do you think it's kind of an interesting question, I guess, for both of you, but like, you know, you have parents out there that once hockey season's done, they put their kid in like summer programs of hockey where it's just constantly hockey, hockey, hockey. But I think it's interesting because I think even Wayne Gretzky said like he played hockey during the hockey season, then played softball or baseball in the summer. But like, do you think it's good to have like kind of a variety of sports to kind of get your mental state away from one? Because I can imagine if you're a young kid and your parents put you constantly in the same sport, you're like, if you love it, fine. But I feel like having a little bit of separation or downtime, it's like you can go right back into it then in October and still love it compared to like, I don't know, you played curling right from say January, right till January next year. I feel like there's a part where you're like, oh my God, just let me have a little bit of a break. But what say you? Yeah, like I think it was really beneficial for me Part of it, like physically, you give, you know, those curling muscles a bit of a break, especially yeah. if you're a friend and player. And yeah, we play a sport that's so lopsided with our legs and then so lopsided with our arms. So it's nice to have a break. And then, and then obviously I play softball and still throw with the same arm that I'm sleeping with. So it wasn't really giving that shoulder a break, but yeah, some, like a lot of differences in the physical skills required, which was a good balance, I think. And then mentally, I think it was a huge benefit for me to challenge myself to be strong and, and physically competent at two different sports and maybe give myself a little bit more of a purpose, I guess, that I'm not just putting all my eggs in in one basket. And, you know, if you have a bad season or a bad event, there's maybe a little less pressure when you have other activities that you can play and and things that give your your life purpose and and friendships that you have in both sports. I want to ask, you know, you guys have gone to the Olympics, one with Team Jones, one with Team Gushu. Jocelyn obviously went with Team Gushu and Brett went with Team Jones. Imagine if people are like, is he that clueless? I'd be like, sometimes. But I want to ask you, because these are two big names in curling with a lot of accolades behind them. But like, tell me a little bit about your Olympic experience. I know it's different because it was kind of like a bubble. But tell me like what you taken out of it because it was your first time there. And just like what they kind of helped you with. Because I find it was interesting because I, I know there may be similar demeanors with both. But when we were interviewing Jones compared to Gushu, I found Jones was almost like, yeah, we're so excited for Jocelyn to have her first experience. Like, we're just going to let her soak it in. And Gushu's mindset now, again, nice fella. But I felt like he was like, when we get there, there's no visitation. It's locked down. <laughs> we're going for gold. And I was like, I was like, all right, I hope Brett and Jocelyn can text each other. God, like the way he was making it sound was like, there's no. And I was like, but tell me a little bit about your experience. It was like, I think it pro- obviously it was a unique Olympic experience with the pandemic and everything. For us, it it seemed to 
be a really long lead up into when we could finally curl because we were, we started, the two of us started isolating from the rest of the world around Christmas time. And then our teams gathered in early January and isolated for three weeks before the Olympics. And then you travel over there and you're still sort of isolating from other teams and other athletes to a degree. And like all in all, it wasn't just the two weeks of the Olympics in China. It seemed to kind of stretch on for about two months. So it was, I guess, even maybe before the event even started, we were almost, I wouldn't say fatigue, but mentally you're just like, okay, like you're just itching to get started and you're kind of like, okay, I've been waiting so long for this to get going. So it had a a bit of a different feel that way. And and obviously it's the Olympics. So it's kind of the the high, the pinnacle of sport. So it's, it's a little bit different that way too. You're feeling a little bit, I think different emotions about it all too. And, you know, you work so hard for your career and, and the four years just, just for that event. So it's, it feels special in that way too. But yeah, I think when, when it got going, it was just felt like a normal curling event to a degree because there, you know, there was really for us, it was just, you're, you're in your accommodations, you're, you're eating, you're curling, you're sleeping. <laughs> so it's similar in that, in that sense too. But, but then on the other hand, it still is the Olympic games and there's a, I don't know, a uniqueness as well, but our biggest, I think, hurdle was maybe the the ice conditions, and it took us a little while to get really comfortable with those. And, and maybe we never did get completely comfortable as some of the other teams were, because some of the teams were playing their A level of game, and we just never seemed to get beyond our maybe our, our B plus sort of level of play. And, and that's kind of why we ended up with the with third place. It just we we never quite got our A plus game from all four of us at the same time, and and they did. Oh. Like it's still an amazing experience and uh, it's just i think it's still unpacking it even though it's a, it's a couple months after it's still kind of okay what did maybe i take from that experience or what did i learn or what maybe i would try to do differently and if, if i got the opportunity again so all in all we still had a lot of fun we were able to see a few other sports which was cool about the experience it wasn't like we were totally locked down amongst ourselves yeah. and you know, we get to go and watch a few events with jocelyn and her team but yeah, like that was that was cool as well because i I think as you go to the Olympics, you're, you're our part of a bigger team Canada. And it was nice to still have the opportunity, even with COVID and all the precautions that we were able to cheer on some of our other athletes that were there competing and take in some sports that we would, I've never seen in my life firsthand um, to see the best in the world do them. That was, that was special. And Jocelyn, what was your experience like? Yeah. You kind of mentioned Jen was all about the, the whole Olympic experience. And I knew that going into it, even before the trials, and they've, they've shared lots of stories about their experience in Pyeongchang. So I, I knew that she was going to be all about that for me and, and making sure that I enjoyed the, the whole experience. So yeah, we tried to do as much as we could in the time that we had there before we started the event see as many sports as we could and meet as many of the other athletes from Team Canada. And then once the event started, similar to Brett, like we don't normally really see each other if we're competing in the same event, like at the trials. I don't think I ever saw him where we'd kind of keep to ourselves and, you know, you're you're napping between games and, and treating it just like like any other event. Yeah, a few differences, you know, with the transportation and, and that kind of stuff. And there was obviously a lot of COVID protocols, but I think for, for Brett and I being, you know, it was our first time and with teammates who had experienced different Olympic experiences, I think we just 
when it was still a dream come true for us and we didn't have anything else to compare it to. So, yeah, we had masks on and maybe we couldn't socialize as much with people from other countries, but you know, it was our Olympic experience and that's all we know. And there wasn't really anything that we wish we could have done, I guess, from my opinion, that that we weren't allowed to. So yeah, overall it was, it was a dream come true. And like Brett said, still unpacking, I guess the disappointment of, of the result there, but the event overall and just the environment and everything we got to be a part of something I've dreamed of for a really long time. And, and it definitely lived up to it. Now I want to ask you, cause I know like, obviously there's pros and cons of everything. Like you, you look back at it years later and you'll be happy with the experience, maybe not happy with certain results, but I am curious, how would have you felt if Jennifer Jones was like, I like what team Gushu's doing. They're doing this whole frat house experience where we live all together in a house for a while. Like, I feel like that has to drive you a bit crazy before even going to the Olympics. Cause I, I think when we had Gushu on, he actually did his interview while he was in that environment. And like, I heard someone yelling out and then, uh, I was like, what's going on in the background? He's like, they're very competitive. I was like, oh, no shit. Like, (laughs) what are you talking about? You're competitive just as well. But like, it has to be somewhat fun at the beginning where you're like, oh, cool. Like, you know, it's like we got a house to ourselves. But then I feel like after like the third day, it's like, all right, who left? Who left this out? I "I can't (laughs) believe I didn't know this about you. Or it's like, dude, I go to sleep at 830 reading and you like to like listen to like comedy sketches until like 11 at night. This is not working. (laughs) <laughs> you have were you having those moments? I feel like I have a gr- a group of friends where I feel I know them well enough, but then like after we finish Mario Kart, one of them's like, "Yeah, I'm going to watch some scary movies." I'm like, "I did not know this about you. I don't want to live here anymore." <laughs> yeah, well, I guess like the beauty of our team is we've been together so long that we we did know each other really well. We had a huge house, and to be fair, you're probably right. If that house was a little bit bigger, it wouldn't have like hurt because yeah. <laughs> our, like you know like. Brad does like a little bit, you know, at the time space to do his sometimes do his own thing. Mark and I are really happy to actually be, we were roommates and, you know, yeah. we do a lot of the same things together. And, and then you have Jules who's kind of, he's off doing his own thing sometimes too, or talking on the phone. And like anybody would, if you live with somebody long enough, you're going to, you're going to have your moments where you get in each other's nerves. But yeah. we, had, we, had, we had a lot of fun too. Like we, we had a lot of good times. We had a, a, a PS4 there and we had a pool table. And so, like we had a lot of fun. It was just, I think all in all too, like it's a long time away from family and, and yeah. guys catch up with their kids, uh, you know, across the country. And so, yeah, like, was it ideal? No, but like at the time we were like, we, we need to get to the Olympics, uh, healthy and, and safe yeah. and there. It's like, this yeah. is all great. But if, if one of us tests positive in, in these three weeks and it, and it's like, sewers our team you know we had to kind of pull out all the stops and we just felt like that's the best way to get us in there and yeah was it i you know in a perfect world you wouldn't spend three weeks in a house before a big event like that together but it got us in there and we were all healthy and safe so i guess at the end of the day it was it was mission accomplished and it was kind of a what we felt we had to do what if botcher because i know that's the team you're on now what about if like just before the season he's like Guys, I got a great idea. Camping trip for three weeks, us. And then you'd be like, I've already done that. We're not doing that again. And he'd be like, this guy's not a team player. And then you'd be like, no, listen, maybe a week. That's it. But yeah. I want to ask you, like, it, it kind of, I feel like for Newfoundlanders down here, I feel like it's a bit of a separation. Like, I don't know if you were now like the, the heels or the villains in Newfoundland. I feel like you guys should still be loved and respected, but like, I've gone from looking at Instagram posts where I'm like, oh, like Gushu really gets everyone involved 
inside of like Jeff Walker, anytime Laura Walker posts something, even with it's with, I'm, I'm blanking on the kid's name there now Liam. that gets posted. Yeah. That gets posted. If Jocelyn is doing something successful, you see team Gushu go like, Hey, check this out as well. I'm like, it feels like one big happy family. And then you two are just like, you know what? It's been fun. Peace, <laughs> peace out. Like I was actually kind of sad when I seen Gushu post. I think it's like one of the, maybe it was the Briar one trophy that you won this year. And I think Jocelyn, you and Laura get a picture with it. And then it was like, kind of like, this will be the last hurrah. I'm like, you motherfuckers. I'm like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? But explain that to me because I originally thought it was due to curling's new rule system of you had to live here to be a part of this team. But it just seems like you two are like, all right, we've got the Olympics. We're good to go on our own now. Now, correct me because people are going to be like, how dare he? <laughs> no, not, not at all like that. I, I guess, you know, we've been essentially in a long distance relationship for five, six years now and uh, different, <laughs> like completely different home bases where, you know, I'm in, we're in St. John's and Jocelyn's been in, in like living in Winnipeg and, and then we both have families in, in different provinces. So we're spending kind of our time, you know, curling season mainly in a city with our team spending off season in different provinces with our families and the wedding this coming up this summer and then you know we're looking to probably start a family ourselves within the next within the next olympic cycle and it just makes sense for us to base our home base a little bit closer to some of our family and that being said it's it's a huge commitment to base yourself in a in a city that's not the same as your team and the the time it takes like like jeff does an amazing job with team gushu of you know spending a week not even in competition but a week in newfoundland just to train with us and to get prepped um he does that three four times a year to get prepped up for for big events and it just it's just a lot more time on the road and a, a time away from your family and it's just I, that is a big reason something i didn't really want to commit to doing and with this cycle, lots of teams shifting and changing. It just set up best for us to, if we're going to make a change, make it now before the cycle starts and everybody's got a chance to line up a new team. And yeah, so we're, we're super excited, uh, I don't know, just to finally have a home that we can share throughout the whole year and not have to spend quite as much time living out of a suitcase and, and on the road as, as we have been. I have heard with the Raptors when like the Raptors won with Kawhi and then the Drake was trying to convince Kawhi to stay. And then Paul George was in his ear. Was this like when you were in this whole frat house was Mark Candy was like, everyone gets a Canada Jersey. Uh, Brett, can you come here for a minute? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about leaving. And then it's just a, like, I'm in with you, this guy. Right. And then I feel like with Jocelyn's case with Kate Lalonde, she's like, I've been a part of Jones's team for so long. I know all our secrets. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I'm kind of interested because in your case, Brett, you're going with Botcher, correct? Yep. And then who else is on that team? So, yeah. So Mark, Mark Kennedy playing third and then Ben Hebert playing lead. Yeah. It's, it's just funny. Like, well, when I was, we knew we were going to kind of base out of base ourselves out of Alberta and live in Alberta and you kind of just go through who in your mind, like if you're going to get a team together with four guys that all live in the same province and you kind of start looking at each position and, and then like, you know, Mark Kennedy, he's been a top third in the game, you know, for 10 years now you got Brendan who's been in the Briar final, you know, four to the last five years and is, is one of Briar and he's, he's only, you know, only 30 years old. And, and then you got Benny who is a, is a crazy sweeper. He's even a decent thrower on the, on the outturn. It just it just seemed to come together, and everybody was kind of 
just interested, you know, when, when we all kind of said, listen, like, I'd like to play with you, but I'd, I'd like this to be the other couple guys. And I think everybody said, you know what, if each of those guys are in, then I'd love to play with this team too. So it sort of came together. We came from four separate teams from this past year, but each person sort of slotted in at their typical position or the position they're comfortable with right now. And it's going to be interesting to see how we come together because we're all going to be bringing things like, like say, I'll have things that come from Team Bushu that I know have made us successful. And Brendan's going to have things that he takes from his team that have made him successful. And the same with Mark and Ben. So to see us, if we can maybe put put all that knowledge into one and and mesh our personalities and just the communication and, and the shot making, all that, all that has to come together, whether it comes together the first week we play together or whether it takes a few months, um, who knows, but it's kind of exciting. It's a new challenge for me. I mean, you, you can't like, the, you know, I'm coming from team Gushu, but I think we were the, one of the best teams in the world for the last eight years. You can't really replace those guys amazing players, but it's a new challenge for me. And, and I'm really stoked with the team that we put, you know, we got assembled. So it's going to be, like I say, it's going to be work to put the pieces together and make it successful, but it's a new challenge and that's exciting too. I feel like I, I'm kind of happy you said only 30 because most times when we interview people or have conversations, it's mostly like a younger demographic, especially when I'm interviewing them. And it's like, yeah, it's like I, I when I get 30, I'm going to be old. I'm like, <gasps> I'm like yeah. I'm, I'm 30. I'm just like, but I don't let them know that. But then afterwards, I'm like, oh, I was like, hold on, let me just like make sure my back is straightened up. Yeah. <laughs> but I and then uh, in your case, Jocelyn, I want to ask you like, how did your team come together? Because like I've only gotten the curling in the last two or three years because of the whole pandemic. I I've never really. I think it's like in the presence of when you see a, a team come together, it's like oh, it's like this is the first time I've seen kind of a team completely be assembled. Like I've seen like Rachel Holman make a few changes. You've been a part of ones where it's like a few changes where it's like Jill officer's gone. We're taking in Jocelyn like that. I get you make, but this is almost like, all right, we're building a super team. How do we do this? <laughs> Tell me how that all came about. Cause I feel like maybe if I was to word it in my own words, it was like after the Olympics, maybe Jennifer Jones was like, do I come back? What do I do here? And then maybe ye started to think of like, well, if she's unsure, we got to make sure we've got ourselves covered. I wouldn't say it was that so much as kind Good, of what, correcting me. Good. Yes. That's yeah. what I mean. <laughs> you know, when we decided that we needed to be closer to one of our families, you know, his family's in PEI and, and mine's in Alberta. So from a travel and logistics standpoint, Alberta made the most sense. Um, but unfortunately with my current team you know we had three of us living in in manitoba and two in ontario dom was retiring no matter what so choosing to to move to alberta kind of meant that that team as the rules are written now wouldn't be possible and from a practice standpoint would be really difficult so that kind of meant starting with something something totally fresh and something where we could have you know as many people as possible in in one spot so we could practice together and you know, we're on the road so much for the competitions we play in that one of the the main factors that was on my radar was just finding three like-minded people who 
you know, when I'm, when I'm on the road that we're making sure that we're enjoying it and just having, having fun. And, and, you know, we get to play a sport almost full time. And I think, you know, we really need to have people that you're enjoying that with and we get to play a game and and travel the country. And and we're very grateful for that. So yeah, I think, I think I was able to, to find a team that, that kind of checked all those boxes for me. And, And obviously they're, Everyone on my team is super talented and it worked out that the three of them are right in Winnipeg. It's a little bit of a commute for me to, to train with them, but you know, it was the the best case scenario to, to have teammates that are so hardworking, so talented and just so great to be around and be able to, to play the game with. Now I, I asked it to, to Brett, so I'll ask you the same, but like who is on your team? There's obviously you and Caitlin, and then who were the other members? Selena Nagman is playing third and Kristen McCush is lead. So we took the lead and the third off of team Tracy Fleury. So they are one of the, the top teams in, in Canada. And also the two of them were located right in Winnipeg. So it worked out well that, you know, they'll be able to train with Caitlin very often and and then i'll i'll be training in calgary and and also with them in winnipeg as much as i can and then flurry went with i think home and after as well yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just like a who's who of like where you go and what's going like what's going on it's like once the season starts you get used to it but it's just going to be i think it's going to be interesting and confusing to watch where it's like it'll just come right off your mouth where it's like oh good shot by Jocelyn. It's like, Jones must be winning. And it's like, she doesn't play with Jones anymore. I'm like, okay. It's like, great shot by Brett. It's like, what's uh, what's the score for Gushu? And be like, they don't play together anymore. You don't need your, like uh, your programs in the stands just to figure out who's with who. And yeah, you just, it's like a, it's like a curling free agency day where it's like, yeah. instead of like TSN doing the whole hockey insider, you just have a curling insider. It's like, this is what I've got the latest on Brett. And I'd be like, all right, mark down those stats. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. But I want to ask you, of course, now, in, cur- in terms of the mixed doubles, like, tell me a little bit about how that came to be of like how you guys decide to team with each other. And obviously it was like the worst team ever because now you guys are going to get married. Like, you know, didn't they ever tell you don't marry your partner? God. <laughs> in my mind, I like to envision like sometimes it's like two people either are from the same area and they're like, hey, you, you're doing good at your thing. Do you want to join me? But other times I just wonder if it's literally walking in a room and being like, I want to do a mixed doubles. Anyone want to join me? And it's like three people. It's like, all right, I'll get back to you. Cause there might be two people that you don't want, but I think it's interesting because you guys could now be almost like the Walker family where it's like Laura Walker. I think she made a joke that 
Jeff kept on winning Briars and she wanted to do mixed doubles. And I was like, she just chose a different partner. But I'm like, that got to be an awkward situation at home where it's like, can you please stop winning? It's like, I win so that we can afford this place. It's like, <laughs> but I need you. I want to play mixed doubles with you. <laughs> Yeah, we've had that. Well, like we've had that issue a little bit. Like we honestly haven't played a, a ton over the last four or five years, and some of that has been to our success in the in the Briars. And Justin's played a few nationals with other partners, and but yeah, like it all just started with uh, mixed doubles becoming an Olympic sport. I think we were both interested in just giving it a try a little bit more seriously. It's six six years ago, leading up to the the last Olympic trials. And I knew Jocelyn not, not very well, but she, I knew she'd been curling on, on tour and she's got sort of a skill set similar to mine where she comes from a skipping background when she was younger and now played front end and, and kind of had all the skills you, you need to play mixed doubles. And, and just thought that we might be a good fit together to just from a strictly really curling standpoint. And so then I just asked her if she might be interested in playing, playing a couple of events, playing the national championships and, I don't she even, said she'd think about it. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, she, she jumped right on board. But I don't even, we didn't even have the opportunity to play a, play an event in the fall or in the, in the winter before the national championships. And so we just kind of sort of blindly went into the, the nationals and we ended up playing, we ended up beating Laura and Jeff in the, in the final. That gotta um, be awkward. That probably was awkward for a while. <laughs> it was. It was. It was. You know, you, if we weren't playing, you'd be rooting so hard for, for these yeah. men. They're, they're great friends, and and then you're you know you're playing them, and uh, obviously one of us is excited at the end, and one's super disappointed. So, but yeah, for us, I guess we had, we had such a fun time that week and enjoyed playing together so much that we, I don't know, just kind of left off from there, and and then we started dating and and continued to curl together, and the rest is sort of history, but it's exciting. We don't get a chance to play maybe as much as we would like to, but we understand that it's just with, we're so busy with our men's and ladies teams that you couldn't really play more than, than we do right now. And that's just, you know, one or two events in the, in the season, maybe if there's a, if we would a little break with our own teams and then try to play the national championships and, but, but, you know, I think we both understand that if, if one of our teams is having a lot of success and it's making our schedules too hectic that yeah, like Jocelyn's been kind of, great for me in that standpoint and just also like very supportive of when we've been having success and you know like i'll go play mixed doubles maybe with somebody else for the national championships and you know you kind of go on and and play with your team so yeah there's sort of an understanding that our priority has always been our four-person team our men's or our ladies team but we just we really do enjoy getting to play with each other and it sort of makes it like it makes it really fresh and exciting when you get to play sort of a different discipline like that. And mixed doubles is a, is a ton of fun. I think it'd be funny if you know, when you pick a different, like there's two different situations, like when one of you pick a different partner and all of a sudden it's like, Hey, Jocelyn just followed me on Instagram or Brett just followed me on Instagram. It's like, yeah, they didn't follow you. They're checking up to make sure. It's just like, Hey, it's like, I'm so glad your team with Jocelyn, but now listen closely eye to eye here. Yeah. I, I want to ask you now in terms of like the new team, new season, like what are some goals that you kind of have in mind, things that you're like, you want to accomplish? Cause are you saying the standard almost like not like overly high, but like, Hey, we're a new team. Let's see what we can do. Or because of all the success that you've all had, are you kind of like, well, if we don't at least achieve this, I'm going to smack some people around. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, we've put together very motivated and competitive 
people. So I think at the end of the day, we have pretty high standards for for what we expect and, and what our goals are. But also understanding that, yeah, we're a totally new team. It is kind of nice that we're taking two from each team, I, I guess, in our case. So we're not tar- starting totally fresh. There's some familiarity there and then some learning new things from what other teams teammates can bring. So that might take a little bit of time and, and we're understanding of that. But also, yeah, we have some pretty, pretty lofty goals and you know, we had that taste of, of the Olympics in Beijing. And I think, well, especially for me, I um, am super motivated to to get back there at the end of uh, this next quadrennial. So, you know, that's kind of motivation right now and, and figuring out kind of what those steps are to build and, and grow as a team so that we can be be our best in, in four years from now. Similar to us, like, you know, the, the four people we put together, I mean, the goal is to be the best and the best in the world and not just Canada, but, you know, these international teams are they're getting really strong now. And so we got kind of four guys that are like-minded and, and want to put in the work to, to be the best we can be. So like say, like Jocelyn kind of just said, whether that happens right away, it's, it's probably going to take yeah. a, a little bit of time, but we got four, four driven guys and, and we want to be the, the best in the world. And and we're willing to kind of put the put the work in to do that. It's going to be tough. Like there's, you know, you get you get your Bruce Mullet, your Nicholas Sedin, your your Brad Gushu that we're going to have to go up against now. But yeah, that's that's the goal. That's the motivator is to kind of be the best. We're not. None of us are satisfied with uh, second or third or, or fourth or whatever that might be. It's it's the number one kind of you, you chase and the podiums, the top of the podium and. Uh, I think that's the key. And then when you're forming any team is to have, you know, four people, any curling team, four people that want the same thing and, and are willing to put in that work. And that's, I think when you're forming a team, you're looking for four like-minded people. And that's when you have success is when you get all four that are wanting the same thing. I would be super, maybe like a, a mental kind of mind blown, I guess, is if I was in curling and it's like a gold medal game and the guy really just wants second. Like that's his whole yeah. career is just to always have second where it's like, you know, you, like it's fine. Cause in other sports, you probably don't pick up on as much where like you literally hear your competition talking about your shots. Imagine if like, it's the guy who really loves second. That's his career. He wants to be the most second guy ever. And he's like, all right, like don't, don't make this shot too hard now because if, if you don't make it, we get second. And you're just like, is that is he trying to throw me off or is he really committed to second and then when you win second you're there with like the briar or champions cup or whatever and he's just like we did it guys we got second again you're like i don't know if he's still playing mind games for next year or if he's really happy he got second (laughs) (laughs) it's funny though like i mean you do see even see you do see different levels of commitment among amongst players and amongst teams and Sometimes that's by choice. Sometimes it's just yeah. by uh, life, whatever's going on in their lives. But, you know, it's all about priorities, I guess, to a degree. And and some people, I don't know, I think they, they really are pushed to a different level. And, yeah, it just it ends up coming out on, on the ice, I, I, in my opinion. I just think yeah. if, if you're willing to leave kind of every stone unturned and put in, you know, every bit of effort and try to work towards improving your weaknesses, whether whatever it might be, then you're going to, you're going to get close to the, to the top. But I think some people might not might back down a little bit at that challenge. And if you get four people that are willing to kind of try to at least try to climb over those barriers or try to knock the walls down, then, then that's the first step. And I think that's the key is to assembling a, a, a team like that. We had that with team Gushu. Like there's no question about that. Everybody was willing to put the time in, put the work in. I think our team, team Botcher is going to be the same way in that, in that regard. 
does it always lead to being the number one team? Obviously Knox, you got yeah. four, five, six other teams in the world that are trying the exact same thing. But if you don't have four guys like that, it makes it a heck of a challenge to get there. Yeah. My biggest weakness is I have no strengths. So I'm, <laughs> I'm so that's, that's like a, you know, when you go in the handshake line, you're like, good game. You'd be like, do you know what Brian's weakness is? Yeah. He has no strengths. I'd be like, where did you hear that from? That's awfully rude of you. I'd be like, no, he literally said it in the handshake line. Uh, <laughs> I want to ask you too, like obviously with mixed doubles, again, when you team up two different curlers, most times it's like, all right, you got to find that chemistry. I do think it's interesting because once an event is over, like say with Homan or Morris, they're going on their own different ways. They're still buddies. They're still friends. I'd like to think so. I'm sure like in a secret room somewhere, it's like, I can't believe that made this shot. It's like, I didn't want him to make that shot. It's like, all right, just let it go. But you got to go back and live with each other. Is there moments? How do you separate that from where it's like, Jocelyn, I told you to make this shot. It's like, Brett, I seen this shot and I was taking it. It's like, don't you raise your voice at me. <laughs> it's like, we're supposed to go to McDonald's later. We can't argue. <laughs> I think like, I don't know. I, I think the hardest part is, is kind of, um, you want to win for the other person more than that. Like I'm never mad at her for, for missing a shot i'm usually more mad at myself for missing a shot that would have put her in a better spot so that's the the toughest thing is like yes you want to win for yourself and for your country or uh, or whatever but um when you have such a strong uh, connection to your teammate that makes the kind of the losing that i think that much tougher at the same time at least you know we we're comforting with each other like you know we we understand our, ourselves well enough to be there for support and to when the games get tough but yeah you, when you're playing with a when somebody you, you love and you care about that much i think yeah it almost makes it just that much more meaningful and puts a little bit more pressure i think on yourself to when you're trying to win for that other person too so you got to kind of manage that a little bit i feel like i i was gonna ask you this because I, I know recently you guys are engaged and you mentioned about a wedding I, I, I don't want all the details, obviously, because it's not that type of podcast. I mean, there's there's a podcast out there. I'm sure some are called like Wedding Curlers. And you can, go on the, you can go on that one if you want to talk about that stuff. I just think it would have been like a hallmark moment where it's like where you both went to the Olympics. You were both getting right to the Olympics. And then they were giving you like the medals where you just went down on a knee and was like, all right, marry me here. And be like, she's really, he's putting you on a spot there. You got to say yes. If you say no, it's like, he's got gold, but he came up short with silver in this one be like, be like can you not broadcast my proposal please with all that like you mentioned about a wedding like how are you going to function a wedding get ready for the curling season and oh and also you know you're probably going to get like calls from like you know gushu and jones where it's like we're wishing you the best of luck but we're going to still want to beat you it, it's been busy um we knew that it was going to be you know, at the end of the cycle. So we, we planned our wedding. It's actually next weekend. So fairly close to the end of the oh, season. Wow. Okay. And we, you Where's know, my invite? where's my invite? What happened? guys? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Yeah. We were hopeful, I guess that it would be a really busy second half of our curling season. Um, but I don't think we could have imagined it being quite as busy as it was. So in hindsight, it would have been nice to have a bit more time maybe before the wedding, but we um, basically finished competing like two weeks ago three weeks ago and getting married next weekend but then get a bit of bit of off season to go on a honeymoon and you know do some planning with our new teams and and then get ready for the season and we know that the the summer and all that's going to go by by really fast and we're going to be back on the ice but it worked out well that yeah we could 
get married and and move in together and just start kind of a whole new fresh life together starting this season <laughs> now like i know usually a wedding cake is like i don't know how big it is but it's usually all white do you think at the top they'll make a curling circle in that for you there's no, zero curling teams in our wedding. Oh, that's nice. That's good. There in attendance, but we're not going to have like uh, we're not going to have the briar tankard come down the aisle. Oh, that's. I, I'd like to see when it's like you when you have to throw the bouquet, where it's just to like all right, uh, hard, and, yeah. then like, <laughs> and then someone's like sweep, and it's just yeah. like uh, it's like they just can't get curling out of their blood. Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. Well, here we are, a few years after we left our previous jobs. We've been busy. We have a podcast. I know, you're thinking, who doesn't? But ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors, activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn. Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. I want to have a bit of fun, an aspect to kind of close it off here for like the next 10 minutes or so. We have a game here that we kind of finished off with. It's called the Random Question Generator. Basically, it is what it is. It just comes up with random questions. You can either choose to accept it or you can pass it. But I think this one's going to be called a couple's edition. Basically, what we do here on this podcast is we like to split teams up. No. Imagine okay. if that's how we ended, where it's like every podcast is like, well, Brian did it again. You split up another team. It's like, yep. Okay. So the first random question here is, who is the messiest? Me. <laughs> All right. Well, at least she owned up to it. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> like, in, in, in what way? Is it just like a messy room? Is it messy organization? Or is it just more or less like as soon as you like take off something, whether it's like a, a jacket, a hat, whatever, you just like throw it somewhere. And then literally it could be like throwing it right at his face. And he's like, there is a hanger right there, honey. All of it. All of it. I don't think I'm that messy. I think Brett's just really, really clean. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah. So it's more or less like the counter of like I'm not messy. It's just that he's overly clean. He's like Mister Clean. That's what I say, but he disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. You know what, Brett? No, that's good. Just just stay solid. I'm, you don't want to. You don't want to retaliate. I know what you're trying to do here. <laughs> so I'm not going to fall in your trap. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's good. That's why I man, I was helping you out. I just said just you know don't say anything. Who do you think has the better choice of music? Oh, it's it's really similar. Like, well, we both like. Me. like <laughs> oh yeah well, we both like country but i probably like at fault go to country and like too twangy and and this sort of thing i'll just play the same type of songs over and over and they all sound the okay. same isn't that but, what country is essentially like if you're listening uh, to country it's about like trucks beer women like listen now that's good there are songs that's like hey i got my truck i got my beer i got my woman there's other songs where it's like i lost my truck and my beer and my i'm like all in the same song like you know do you like it's kind of not a random question but just curiosity new country or like old country are you more like garth brooks tim mcgraw or is it more like luke combs thomas red or maybe a little bit of both mostly new but new okay i would say mostly new but i do like some of the old stuff 
I would say mostly new, but not the real poppy new stuff. I don't, I don't really That's like fair. that because it kind of went really poppy there for a few years. And I wasn't totally on board with that. Who do you think is more stressed out about the wedding? Me? Jocelyn, for sure. <laughs> Have I been the answer for all of them? Well, <laughs> my stress is pretty low. Like, yeah, they, Brett's like negative stress about the wedding. So. Well, that's good. That's uh, how you want to be. Yeah, yeah, we honestly, we had most of it, most of the plan in, in advance enough. <laughs> We're not super stressed. There's a few things coming up in the last couple of weeks, but Jocelyn's, Jocelyn's handled most of them. So maybe that's why I'm not stressed. <laughs> she's been doing all that, all the hard work, but I'm serious. I'm going to have a great, it's going to be a great day no matter what for me. So yeah. as long as you're not on the PS4, where she's like, come on, we got to pick out tux. And you're like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, tux. That's a good idea. I should look into that. That's good. I, I want to ask you, uh, this is more personal. You don't have to answer it, but like what, what's your kind of color? Cause I know at my brother's wedding, it was like light blue and black, but like everyone has a color and I'm wondering the color and why, but you can always say pass, shut up, Brian. That's none of your oh. business. <laughs> <laughs> I think our, like our color is silver. And now as like athletes, I'm like, God, why did I pick silver? As you were joking about red. Color. Try for silver. <laughs> not what we're doing. Was- well, well, to be fair, I'll, I'll help you out in this one. What role do you both play on teams? There, there we go. go. And what is second silver? <laughs> there you go. When people ask you, that's, that's your go-to answer. Listen, come on. You, you can even like joke with them to make them feel intimidated. Duh. We both play second. Yeah. What's <laughs> second's color. And then they'll be like, Oh my God, I can't believe they're so mean. I only asked a question. Uh, <laughs> I want to ask you too, like, I guess this one's kind of a fun question as well, but when it comes to, I guess, meal preparations, who do you think likes to dig out on like junk food more? Me. (laughs) Man, Brett, like you got your hands full. Every, like, apparently she's more messy. She's, she likes junk food. She stresses out about weddings. What are you doing? No, no. Why am I getting married? (laughs) Yeah, I told you this is this is like what happens. Don't worry, it's too late. It's too late to call off. <laughs> Locked in. Brett has like all of the willpower of like anyone in the world, though it's crazy. So okay, if, that's if fair. Talks, I, I will I will break that I will break that willpower. One day I will meet Brett and just be like the most annoying person in the world, and he'd be like, "It's it's happened. Not I'm no say, longer Zane." <laughs> not to say that I don't. I can't. I just I'm kind of all or nothing. Like I'll just all of a sudden I'll be snacking, and the, the bag of chips is gone, or, or like the plate of nachos is is destroyed. But I don't know. Maybe I do it in spurts. <laughs> like what's what's your like what's your go to? I guess like candy or food. Like I know when I was younger it was Warheads. I would not turn down a Warhead. Now I feel like I can go on Amazon and you can get them in like jelly bean form. And I think you can get like nerds where they're like sour nerds, but they're not like they're like a little bit like that big. I know people are going to listen to this now, but like, really you have curlers on and you're talking food. Um, <laughs> but like, what's your go-to? Like if someone handed me one of those done or sour keys. I don't know. I wouldn't really be candy, I guess. More like chocolate. I don't know. Like a chocolate covered almond. I have a hard time saying no to that. I feel like, I feel <laughs> like when, I feel like when it's time for like school fundraisers, you got to keep your eyes on that one. Cause there's going to be like people constantly at the door and she's going to be like, Come back tomorrow. I'll give you another. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how many boxes do you need? How many are there? And then it's like, it's like, yeah, Jocelyn is actually funding this whole neighborhood. She bought five from Sally, five from her, and then you'd be like, what's happening to all our money? 
<laughs> girl, girl guys are here again. Yeah. 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 I want to ask you too, in terms of like, I guess, favorites, what is like your maybe all time favorite movie? We have very different tastes in movies. It's fair. Likes a lot of, I call like gun violence and things like that. I like <laughs> rom-coms, things that make you happy. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Is there a crossover for that? Is there, I was going to say like Fast and Furious, but I don't feel like that's really rom-com-y. No. Maybe. Maybe if you're like really into like, you know, what the, was it like the Charlie Puth song, See You Again? Maybe you get a little bit emotional when you realize that the guy's passed, but I know you said rom-com more action gun, but like your go-to. I like, like, I mean, some of the Batmans are like awesome and, or some of like the, I don't know, I like a good heist, heist movie too, like a movie or something like that, but they probably, I don't really have a favorite per se. I'm somebody, I like to watch a movie once and then I don't go back and watch it again. Like okay. I'd rather watch something that I've never watched, even if it's not as good, than watch something like ten times. So I guess that way I, never, I, I don't really maybe get favorites as as much. That's an understandable uh, reason. What do you think, Jocelyn? Are you going to make him like watch double movies and he'll be like, "Oh my god, no." <laughs> <laughs> yes, seriously, we we barely watched the same movie twice. I don't know if we ever have together. If I'm on my own on the road or like. You know, I've watched The Notebook a lot or like some some sad romantic movies quite a few times. The Notebook's the only one I can, I can think of right now. It seems silly to say that that's my favorite movie yeah. of all time. I don't think that's my true. My, my go-to is Mr. Deeds, but it's the oh. story. It's because when I was, when I had like a stroke or seizure when I was like 12 and I was in hospital, it's so funny because they gave you like a double room and my class went to Belle Island I didn't get to go, but the kid next to me was from Belle Island. So I was like this, like someone up above was like, yeah, you got your, you got your trip. Um, <laughs> and then he left and I was like, by a room to myself. And it's like two o'clock in the morning. It's, I didn't have a view. I don't know if you've ever been to like the St. John's hospital down here, but you can actually see a, a view of Mun campus sometimes, but I was not on that wing. So it was like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I'm sad. There's nothing here to do. And no one had bothered to help the 12 year old get to the remote. So the remote is over somewhere else. And TBS was putting on like Mr. Deeds. And I was like, I guess I'm watching Mr. Deeds. I'm like, and then I just liked it. And then now it's like my go-to happy movie, sad movie, whatever mood movie. But I know there's people that will debate like Adam Sandler movies. These ones are good. These ones are bad. I'm like, for the time that I was in, this movie helped me through it. But yeah. it's either that or like Coach Carter. Coach Carter gets me amped up to do things that I shouldn't. <laughs> like I'm going skydiving today. And then when I get out, I'm like, damn you, Samuel Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was not ready for this. Uh, to to kind of clue it up, all in all, what are things that I guess like you were motivated to keep going with in curling? Like obviously it's your career, your passion, but like what are some things that are like on your bucket list that you're like, I know we either did this already. I'd like to go back to do it or things that you're like, man, I want to accomplish this. I know it's hard because you have accomplished a lot, but I feel like there could be something where it's like, I've never finished second and I really want to finish second this one time and be happy about it. No, I don't think it's anything like that. (laughs) Yeah. Like want to get back to the Olympics and win an Olympic gold medal or want to win a, a Scotty's championship with this new team so bad. So yeah, there's, there's lots of stuff like that. That's like, yeah, top of the podium yeah. <laughs> stuff that like motivates you. And I think if, if you didn't have goals like that, then maybe you, we wouldn't be committing as much to it. So it's definitely, 
kind of ultimate championship stuff that that's still on the bucket list. I think for me, like a new team, want to win a world championship with this new team. And yeah, it's going to be a challenge because, like, you know, we haven't done it together yet. Right. So that's, I think right now is to, you know, whether it's the world or whether it's the Olympics, but to stand on top of a international podium with, with these four guys, uh, that's that right now is my, it's my goal. And um, I'd also like to win a world championship with Jocelyn, whether that happens sooner or later, like that would be uh that'd be cool too. So I think it's, it's winning. I don't know. I, I just hate losing to be honest. And winning's the ultimate uh, motivator for, for me. And I think Jocelyn too, but we just, I don't know. We're highly competitive, whether it's like, whether pretty much anything we do, it, it's competitive, whether it's a board game or whether it's uh, it may be working out or, or curling or, or golf or whatever it is. Like we're competitive people. And um, yeah. He so. handed me the same weights as him yesterday and told me I couldn't do it. So I, I had a very hard workout yesterday because I was like, I have to do it. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Brett Gallant and Jocelyn Peterman for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying, thank you for listening, and good night. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.